This show is supported by Brighton's own Bison Beer. They're coming out of lockdown at their beach bar from April the 12th, where we can join them outside under the rule of six. Book your spot by going to bisonbeer.co.uk forward slash bookings or walk in when the weather suits seven days a week and let them know you're fans of the show for 10% off your drinks. This is Football, the Albion and me with Richard Newman. Hello, welcome to Football, the Albion and me. I'm Richard Newman. This is the podcast which talks to Albion favourites and assesses the current state of play at the club. This week's episode is the fourth player interview for Series 3 and Lincoln captain Liam Bridcutt is my guest. The former Brighton midfielder really kick-started his career at the club and was part of the team which won promotion to the championship. The cornerstone of Gus Poyet's side, Bridcutt went on to play in the Premier League with Sunderland, recorded in February 2021. He talked about that as well as his experiences at other clubs, including what's turning out to be a promising season at Lincoln, where he He's enjoying his football. Enjoy. Follow Football the Albion and me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Liam, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. You're at Lincoln now, moved there last year after a successful loan spell. Looks like quite an exciting project as well under Michael Appleton. Yeah, definitely. I think um my loan last year was a was just a chance for me to go and get games, um, play as regular as I can. Um my my decision was easy easily made up in terms of Michael in terms of his phone uh, first phone call really um, by just saying that he's not here um, he's here to make players better and and uh, make them progress in their careers and that was a big selling point for me I think um, I've said throughout my career as long as I'm I'm learning each year and I feel like I've I've learned each year or, or I've got better um, that's a, a massive massive positive for me. What's he like to work for, Liam? He's, a, he's had quite a bit of impact at, at some of the clubs that he's been at. Good work at Oxford yeah. as well. Looks like a similar sort of challenge and, and impact he's having at Lincoln too. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think out of all the managers that I've worked with over the years, I think he he's probably in my top three. Um, he's very honest. Uh, there's no grey areas with him. He says it how it is. Um, he doesn't treat players any differently, regardless of if you're playing week in, week out or you're not. Um, everyone gets treated the same. Is uh, a great person, very honest and open. Um, it, it, the good thing for me is he, he he likes the players' input. He likes uh, he likes them to have an opinion, um, which, which I found with a lot of other managers struggle to take opinions on board which he he's open and and very honest with that he 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 likes opinions and he knows we're all in uh in terms of we're all trying to drive for the same thing um so for for when you have an opinion and a manager takes that on board it's um it's a it's a massive compliment for his uh his personality um and his work every day on the pitch tactically and his motivation uh it's probably one of the one up there with one of the best I've come across. It looks like he spends more time in the gym than any of the players do. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we stay out of the way of uh, of him uh, when he's in the gym. Um, I think he can embarrass a few of the lads. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> Max Sanders joined from Albion in the winter transfer window. What, what have you made of him so far? Um, yeah, really good. Uh, I've not had. Uh, too much over. Well, he's only been here a few weeks um, at the minute. Um, I'm carrying a bit of, in, uh, of an injury, so um, I'm off the field at the minute. But yeah, he's, he seemed good uh, every time I've watched training or or, or the games and that. He's he, he's obviously a good player. Whereas the, the manager wouldn't have brought him in. I think that's one of the key things for players who are coming in at this club at the minute. Um, the recruitment's been brilliant. The manager's the, very picky in terms of what kind of players he wants in. So obviously Max uh, fits that bill, um, but he, he's been good and he's a young talent. And uh, uh, as long as he's, he's willing to work, um, we're all happy to have him. What's the potential and the aims for Lincoln? Um, obviously, you're a big part of those plans because you you haven't been there very long, but you you obviously you're you're a captain. You made quite an impression when you came in then. Yeah, um, I think when a the manager brought me in permanently. 
um, he he had that in mind in terms of he needed someone with the experience and uh, with with uh, the leadership skills is what I've got um, in terms of uh, not just helping the lads on the pitch, um, helping them off the pitch and making sure they're focused and and on the right track. Um, yeah, so it's it's a it's a privilege to have. Um, the manager's put a lot of uh, trust in, into me. Um, so, yeah, I'm just ha- happy to repay him and, and make sure we're all fighting for the same thing. I think in terms of uh, the plan over, well, the, the club's plan, um, they had like a three-year plan of, in terms of trying to get in to the championship. Um, like I said, in terms of the manager and the recruitment side of things, I think we're probably a, probably about a year, a year and a half away um, well, uh, a step forward than where we, we were suspecting. We knew that the players that he brought in were very good players. Um, it was just a matter of time in terms of how quick we could uh, adapt and gel, and gel as a group. And I think all credit to the manager and, and the players. They've all um, uh, took it on board and, and responded quicker than what we actually thought. Mm. Uh, we, as we're speaking now in mid-February I mean you can be in a better position obviously <laughs> so um they're just just in such a good place to potentially go up to the championship and it just I mean before Michael Appleton was there as well the rise that Lincoln has had over these last few years has been exceptional really yeah definitely I think um what was it two maybe two less than well two to three years ago they were uh, non-league mm. in terms of where the, the club have, have come it's uh, it's been a uh, like a whirlwind of a, a well a massive transition in terms of from non league to actually league football um and then back to back promotions and sitting in a position where we potentially could get another one mm-hmm. um it, it, it's it's a, it's a weird it's it's quite frightening actually because when i first signed up brighton um in terms of I have the same feel mm. for this club in terms of I know Brighton had a lot of struggles. Um, they had been in, in the league uh, previously, but um, they had a lot of struggles. They wasn't uh, known as such a big club. Um, and they kind of flew under the radar in terms of how they went about things, which was was a, was a good, a positive thing for me. And I've got a similar feeling for this club in terms of uh, the ambition and, and drive where the club wants to be. Great. Yeah. Um, we, we're going to talk a bit more about you and your career so far in just a bit. just want to get your general opinion on Brighton this season. How much have you seen of yeah. them? Uh, not as much as uh, I probably should. Um, there's been a few games that I ha- I've watched. Um, I do try to find some time to, to watch them because obviously it's a, it's a club that I love um, being at and really give me my opportunity to kickstart my career really. So, yeah, I've watched them a few times this season. They they, they look a lot better this season in terms of uh, organisation. Uh, I think that their manager now has is gotten playing a, a bit better football now, um, more expansive football, um, and defensively look a, a lot better than what they did. Mm. Lewis Duncan, Solly March are the two players still there from your time at Albion, yeah. still featuring the first team. How impressed have you been? With them, and could you see them developing at the way that they have done? Especially, I think Solly this year. I think he's really this has been his best year in the Premier League before he got injured. Yeah, definitely. I think um, well, both of them. Obviously, when I was there, they were, they were young players coming through. I think for me, the one was uh, uh, Dunkey. Uh, we all knew he had a talent. I think. Um, even when when Gus was there, he knew he was potentially one of our best centre halves. But um, such a young lad. But I just think now he looks a complete player. I think uh, I think the only reason he didn't play as much as he did is when I was there. Obviously, he was a young lad. But I think in terms of his mentality off the pitch, needed to be right. And he's now that downer, and you can see in terms of as a player, he's grown. Uh, and, it, and even so, as a as a, a person, uh, he's grown into a, a a good player and a good person. Um, mm. I know he's got a young family now, and maybe that's put him on the right track in terms of focusing on career and family. Really, um, so, so much for Solly. Uh, 
this season, like you said, it, this is probably his best season, more most consistent. Um, and it, it looks like he's uh, developed as a, as a as a great great young player, and he's established himself as a a Premier League uh, regular enough. And um, yeah, I'm I'm happy for the both of them. Really happy. Okay, let's get stuck into the main part of the podcast. So uh, you're born in Reading, was that right? Yeah. Was, and was football yeah. generally a, a, a big thing in your family? Uh, a little bit. There's no one in my actual family who actually has ever played professionally or even semi-professionally, really. It's just local Sunday league now and again. Um, for me, it started, I was probably about six um the only reason i started playing football was because one of my older brothers joined the local team um and growing up where i grew up um me and my brothers we weren't allowed to leave each other's side so wherever my brother older brother went i had to go so it was a case of just going along and and, and joining in and um yeah that's where I, I found the love of the game and um yeah and and i knew from from a young age that football was going to be a, a big part of my life. In general, what was life like in your household growing up? Was it focused on, was it very focused on football or, or much more a wider range of things really? Yeah, for, for, I think football was the only, the only topic for us in our family. I think um, it was, both my brothers had uh, trials at a young age um, for Reading. Uh, and I think, None of them actually made it into to academies or anything like that. But um, it was a funny one because I, I remember uh, the disappointment that they had that they never actually made it through. Um, one of my, my bro- older, well, my, my middle brother took the disappointment a, a lot harder than, than my older brother at the time. And I think my parents seen that and they were against anyone really going for trials after that it was like we're not going to allow this until I think you're old enough or mentally strong enough to deal with the disappointment mm-hmm. and I remember uh playing for my local team and and every every other week my mum would come home and say to my dad oh someone's after the Liam uh for trials da, da, da. and he would go no no not he's, he's not old enough he's not old enough and at the time I was only seven um and then I remember one week I had a tournament and my mum coming home and going, oh, there was a, another scout there. He wants Liam to go on trial. And at the time, my dad was a, a massive Chelsea fan. And he was like, no, no, no. He's not going. I don't care. That, uh. And later on that evening, I remember eating dinner and he's gone. Oh, so who was it? What, what was after him? And he was like, my mum said, oh, Chelsea. He was like, he's going. He's going. <laughs> so um, it was just by that luck that I, I went for my trial. Um, yeah, and uh, I managed to get in. I remember the trial being over a two, three week period. Uh, Were you a Chelsea fan as well, Liam? Or? Yeah, yeah. Growing yeah. up, uh, okay, Chelsea yeah. was my yeah. Chelsea was my team. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, my my dad at the time was uh, a massive Chelsea fan, and I think the only games that we were allowed to watch in in the house were Chelsea games. Um, so yeah, I was a massive Chelsea fan. So for me. Um, playing for the club that uh, I supported, it was uh, a massive achievement for me and, and mm. something that I, I love doing. Yeah. I, I mean, as you say, you joined the academy really young. So yeah. it's a long time ago. Can you remember how that, what those sort of feelings then when you, when you got in there? Can, and at the time, it's a very different club to the club that is now. It's, it's long yeah. before the Abramovich era. Yeah. Yeah, so it was um, Ken Bates at the time. Um, and it actually wasn't even an academy in, uh, until uh, Abramovich took over, really. Um, we were schools of excellence, um, still training three times a week. But obviously, Chelsea wasn't the Chelsea that everyone knows today um, in terms of success and finances. So when I joined, it was it, it was a, a different club, um, but a club, that, a club that I loved being at, um, enjoyed training every day. Uh, every day. Um, well, about three times a week at the time, but um, yeah, it was. I think for me, football's been a massive part of my life since I was seven. Um, so I joined Chelsea at seven, um, signed a a contract for the the schools of excellence at eight, um, and 
for for me, football is always. It's, I've always loved football, but I think as a kid, that almost that enjoyment of just going and playing um, was taken out, out of the game for me quite early. In terms of, I know every year there was a yearly review on in, in terms of if you get another contract or not, and I had that from uh, probably from seven until I was. Uh, probably about 15, 16, when I got um, given my scholarship. So did, because of that, did it sap some of the enjoyment and did it make you think, was there ever a point where you thought, oh, I can't be bothered to do this anymore, especially as you no, get into your teens? Yeah. Uh, in terms of, like, I, I gave up a lot in terms of my childhood and in terms of um, being able to go and just mess around with your friends and be a kid. Mm. Um my my focus and concentration uh had to be there um from seven years old in terms of i knew if i wanted to have a career or make my life uh as best as i could um i had to focus and uh, it was a it was something that i wanted to do i, I wouldn't have had it any other way um for me i I've always enjoyed football, always loved football, and uh, I get to do the, the thing I love. So uh, it, it's it's an easy one for me. Mm-hmm. What, who were the, some of the players that were coming through the system, a similar kind of age to you then, that have gone on to play professionally? Um, at the time, so I think uh, me, uh, Sam, you remember Sam Hutchinson? He was a... Mm-hmm. Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Um, we actually joined on the same day and um, and, and went through Chelsea our, our whole way. Um, I left probably about a year, two years before Sam. Um, Jack Cork, Michael yeah. Mancian, um, uh, the ones that come in a bit later uh, was Ryan Bertrand, Scott Sinclair. So I think the age group that I had through coming through the youth system, um, I think everyone kind of went on to have a good career. And was there a particular coach there that really brought your game on that you can look back on and say that they really set you up? Um, I, I had loads of good coaches at Chelsea from a young age. Um, one of my favourites from uh, as a kid was uh, Frank O'Brien and, uh, and Bob Osborne. Um, they were probably one of my two favourites as a kid. Um, but the one what really... Uh, had a massive impact on not just my career but my life. Uh, Brendan Rogers um, yeah, had a massive impact on on the way I looked at football and life and and what I wanted to do really. So many people speak really highly of Brendan Rogers and the job he's yeah. doing for Leicester obviously is incredible and the jobs he's done really pretty much everywhere he's been have been really impressive. What is it about him that stands out for you then? Um, he obviously would have come on a long way since he's become a, a yeah. manager, but what do you think it is? Um, I think he just knows people. He knows how to deal with people. It, tactically, um, one of the best I've come across. Um, very, very well educated. He's, he's educated himself in terms of going to learn from the best. Um, and it, tactically and football-wise, he's, he's probably one of the best I've come across. Um, as a person, he just had something about him. It, it was weird. I had this conversation a few weeks ago with one of the lads, and they asked, they asked me about him, and I just said it was, it was, he just had something about him in terms of he could make you feel like the best player in the world, no matter what. Either he could, it, there was. I remember one game that um, I was on loan at Watford. Uh, he actually took me into Watford for a loan, and there was one game that he, he pulled me in and said I wasn't playing. I actually came out of the room feeling like I was a better player than when I went in. He just he had something about him that he could do. He, he, I don't know, he just put, used to put an arm around you and, and speak to you. And it, like as a player being told you're not playing, you, you always have that in the back of you. You're angry, you're, you're, you're upset and you think, why is this? And, and you, start, you, you almost start playing the blame game with yourself and everyone else. But with, with Brendan, he just you used to come out of the room happy and and ready to go again, really. So he just had something about that he could do that. Yeah, do you, do you think generally he's got, he's sort of, 
is he is he underrated a little bit and and is he kind of the way he's perceived is it is it sort of fair in the media in the media do you know what i mean because i think ever since he's been perceived a little bit differently ever since there was that weird liverpool documentary a couple of yeah. a couple of years ago yeah I, and it feels like most people will say that's really not him yeah, yeah uh, the, it, the thing with brendan he he would he wouldn't treat anyone different around the club. I think if, even from the ground staff to players to first team players, he wouldn't treat anyone any different. He was always respectful and, and, and such a nice person. I think the Liverpool documentary kind of painted him in a, in a bad picture. Uh, in terms of football, I think he is very much underrated. Um, if, you, if you look at his success and, and you probably ask every player what's played under him, um, I, I I'd say probably 95% would say that he is one of the best that they've worked with uh, in terms of his training sessions every day were enjoyable and you, you always learned something. Um, I can remember when I was, a, I, it, they used to have to call us off the pitch because like we would enjoy just the sessions that much that we would carry on after. Even when he went here and went in, we'd still be out there and they'd call us in and say, you need to rest. But very much underrated in terms of the, uh, a Premier League manager. Um, for me, I, 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 I've, I've not worked with uh, the the big big managers in in terms of Klopp and Pep in in the Premier League at the minute. But I would put him up there with with with, with one of the best. Mm-hmm. The move to Brighton, then you had a few loans, like you mentioned, one of them being Watford. But um, yeah, so you were released from Chelsea. Is that right? So yeah, yeah. So you, you're probably looking, you're looking for another club. How how did that move come about for you? Uh, so basically, I went um, after Chelsea. I went on on trial almost at, at Crystal Palace. So that would have, <laughs> I don't think the Brighton fans would be happy with that. But yeah, so I went on trial with them, um, and it didn't quite work out. And I remember I was I was down at Torquay. Um, and I would have went down, they were due to sign me. I had just trained uh, and the manager pulled me in and said, look, we're going to offer you a contract. Um, you need to sign today if you want to play at the weekend. And I was like, okay. Uh, so I've gone back to the change room to get showered and that. Um, and I've had a missed call from uh, Ray Wilkins and obviously just leaving Chelsea. And I was like, oh, what's this? So I've rung, uh, rung Ray back and he's gone... Um, have you signed for a club yet? And I was like, no, I've just been offered a contract today. Um, I'm going to sign it. He was like, don't sign. I've just had Gus Poyet on the phone. He wants to sign you at Brighton. And straight away, like, I had um, great respect for for, for Ray. He, he was another one that I loved being around at Chelsea. Um, and obviously seeing, he said, obviously, Gus at Brighton. And for me, it was, Gus was one of my childhood heroes obviously being a massive Chelsea fan so straight away so I had to go and have that awkward conversation <laughs> with Torquay and go I've been offered something else where I need to go um yeah and that's how it come about me signing at Brighton really mm. so when you got to Brighton what were your first impressions um I didn't know what to uh, expect really but I remember turning up at the university um, obviously, we was we was training at the university at the time, uh, and meeting Gus, um, and he just talked me through the session, what was going to happen, and and everything else. Um, but it, it it almost had the the feel straight away that it was going to be good because the, Gus is another one in terms of how he speaks, and almost what he says happens. Um, is that driven and determination? His determination is um, one of the best I've, I've come across in his passion. Um, he sat me down and said, look, we want promotion. The club want to go in this direction. Um, and I want you to be a part of it. So, yeah, straight away, I, I knew something good was going to happen. Mm. Had you met him before you joined Brighton? You said joining, meeting one of your childhood heroes, playing for one of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, so, what, what, what was the boy in you like? React. How was that reacting in internally while you're trying to put a professional face on as you just get to Yeah, uh, I remember the first time I ever met Gus was my eighth birthday. Um, <laughs> and 
it, uh, I just signed my contract at Chelsea and I was ball boy. And the day I signed, they allowed me to sign my contract at um, Stamford Bridge. And I was ball boy for one of the games. And one of the first players I met that day was Gus. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a big thing for me, obviously, obviously meeting him many years later. And obviously he was going to be the manager. Um, yeah, I was excited. I was, I was like a little kid, really. I, in terms of professional, I was trying to be professional, but obviously, he was he was a player that uh, I looked up to and 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 loved seeing on the TV. So that was the start of the promotion season to the championship. Did yeah. you feel like you had a pretty good squad as soon as you get, got in there in terms of the players you had around you? Yeah, um, in terms of the players, in terms of uh, at, at the time. Uh, Southampton were the, the big the big team in in the league. Um, some really good players um, uh, in terms of on paper, they had probably one of the best mm. best squads. Um, our players, it was similar to like what now very young squad, a few experienced players, um, and the experienced players were almost there. Like they had something to prove in terms of. It was their, their second chance in their career to kind of really do something. Um, and the young players, it was a chance to kickstart your career. And it, it's very similar to now at Lincoln in terms of we were all very driven. We would work for each other, work hard every day, and everyone wanted to learn. And, and that was a key thing. And, yeah, I enjoyed every moment of it. Um, I knew we, we kind of knew after probably... 10, 15 games into the season that we've actually got a really good chance of um, getting promoted that, mm. year, that year. Yeah. Uh, Gus obviously had a massive faith in you because you were almost pretty much straight into the team. Um, and, yeah. and, and, and you hadn't had much experience at first team level as well before you got there. So yeah. that was a massive show of faith in, for, for you, I imagine, and probably great for your confidence. Yeah, it was. I think the 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 thing with Gus, he didn't mix words with me. He, if if I was bad, he would tell me I'm bad. Um, and that's the relationship I had with Gus. I think I remember coming in, and um, I played one. I was it, I was quite at the start. People probably wouldn't rec- uh, realize now. At the start, when I came into the club, I was in one game, out another, in one game. And I remember Gus sitting me down, and saying, "I need you to play every game." but you need to be the best player every game. And he kind of put that massive pressure on me. And obviously now as a, as a more of a senior player, um, that was a massive a confident boost for myself because I've realised now as, the, as a senior player growing up now, um, I played much better under pressure. And every game, I remember before every game, Gus would literally come up to me and grab me and say, you need to be the best player or you need to be at it. And he would put that pressure on me every game. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the challenge. Mm. Was there anyone that you immediately struck up a, a good relationship with in terms of teammates? Um, at the time, I think uh, in terms of a group, um, everyone enjoyed everyone's company. We was all uh, friends on and off the pitch. Um, there's even there's still players now until this day I still keep in contact with regularly and um, yeah so it's probably one of the first time well first club that I've ever been at that um, I've made some lifelong friends really. So win promotion and then was there a change of feeling again when you moved to the Amex? I wonder what it's like really for um, an entire I mean with Dean it's a weird it was a weird place to play but it kind of Albion were there for so long that you know did have those sort of home feelings yeah. it was your home, still your home ground and it was you, you was, yeah. it was our weird ground wasn't it you know kind yeah. of, no yeah. one liked coming to it so what's it like for an entire squad to then move into another stadium and say this is home because you don't have any familiarities with it like no one does yeah. I, I think um, I don't know about the rest of the, the squad at the time but I actually really enjoyed playing at the Withdean in terms of the pitch was perfect every game. Um, 
It's not. So I really enjoy you. Yeah, I train there to do athletics. The running stuff there, I tell you, it is not good. Not great. Yeah, <laughs> I could imagine. Um, yeah, but I think everyone. It was more excitement. I think we. It was almost like a, a present for us because of we we knew we was moving in to the Amex anyway. But in terms of we've just got promoted and now you've got a shiny brand new stadium. It was kind of like that giddy feeling. It was more of a, a gift really. Um, but I think for the lads, it was just more excitement just to play in front, it, play in a, a proper stadium um, and, and call that call that your home, really. Yeah. What about that first game then? The the way it sort of panned out with Will Buckley making his uh, his announcement, debut, to, yeah, yeah on his debut, yeah. quite a quite a start, wasn't it, to life there? Imagine that for everyone that was that was probably a, a pretty good way of settling in for the squad, really. Yeah, definitely. I think um, the thing uh, Bucks was a, a very quiet young player at the time. Um, yeah, and it, it was like, what was he like the record signing for Brighton at the time? Briefly, I think he. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, Him and Craig, and Craig McHale Smith. Smith. Yeah, but yeah, I think it was the record um, signing for like a, a week or two, and then Craig McHale Smith. Yeah, so he was carrying a lot of weight on them shoulders. Mm. So um, for him to come in and hit the ground running like he did, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, and he kind of that was when Will kind of announced himself as uh, as a, a a top player. Really, for me, he was he was a very very good player. I think um, I think his injuries kind of knocked him and set him back, but he never hit the heights of what he kind of should have. I think for me at the time in the championship, you know, you've got the likes of uh, Wilfred Zaha and Balassi at the time. Um, for me, Will Buckley was 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 uh, a lot better than them. Uh, we'll come back to you and Will a little bit later on, of course, because yeah. back at Sunderland a little bit later. But um, you were really impressive in that Albion team and consistently one of the best performers. Did you feel at this point, you know, I'm I'm pretty settled? Yeah, I think in terms of not settled in terms of I was thinking I was going to play every game. Because Gus made that clear, but uh, <laughs> in terms of if I didn't train and play well, um, I'll be out. Uh, but in terms of when I did play and and was happy, I was very happy. Um, I loved the club. I loved living in Brighton. My first son was born there. Uh, obviously, we'd just been promoted, uh, doing really well in the championship, and and really making a name for myself. So I loved every minute of it. Yeah, um, very quite a lot of the team that missed out on the playoff final in 2013. So Ashley yeah. Barnes, Will Buckley, Gordon Greer, Dean Hammond, Gary Dicker, Craig McHale Smith, they've all come in and they've all given their accounts of those uh, of that semi-final um, yeah. and how close it was. That was the first big chance to reach the Premier League. I mean, not so much on the match then, but can you remember what the feelings were like afterwards? Because obviously that was the start of, that was the point where we knew that Gus was leaving as well. Yeah. Um... It was it was difficult to take because I I think in terms of a group uh, that we had, not many of us have ever been in that situation in terms of being as close as we could to the Premier League. Um, it's hard because you you look back on other games, you go only if we won that game or drew or and we wouldn't be in this situation. We can all mark promotion, um, but I think in terms of that game, uh, we went to their place very confident done really well and we was actually excited to get them back at the Amex um, because our performances had been been really good we were solid at home and yeah the feeling after that game it was almost like the wheels had fell off in terms of uh, Gus we kind of knew Gus was probably potentially leaving um, and it, it, for for me personally, it was hard to take because Gus was a a massive part of um, my my career in terms of I was learning uh, so much under him um, and I was growing as a as a player and uh, we, there was obviously players what had had good seasons and there would be clubs sniffing around and it was almost like we had such a, a tight knit group that it was kind of falling apart because of uh, just. Not because of that game, but of, of our success in terms of other teams are looking at the players because they've done so well. Um, and then 
yeah, it was it was a difficult period. It was a very difficult period for me. It did end up being the first sort of the, the start of the real the breakup of the squad, really. I guess when Gus yeah. went, there's, there's actually been quite a split down the middle about whether players thought that Gus was leaving or not. Did you feel like yeah. quite soon after he was going? I yeah, I I, I probably had that sense um, a few days after the game that it would it would go. Um, I, I think. From the discussions after the game, uh, I, I kind of knew that was that was it for Gus. Um, I think he's a very passionate man in terms of he, he wants the best, demands the best, um, and he doesn't mix his words. Which for me, I I had no problem with. I I I loved how Gus was in terms of he'd say it how it was. If it upset anyone, it upset anyone. Um, but there'd be certain people that would take it in the wrong way. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of knew Gus was was going to leave. You obviously have a really good relationship, the two of you. Um, <laughs> he talked you up a lot as well. What were your feelings when he said that you were good enough to play for Real Madrid? <laughs> I think that was just a case of him putting more pressure on me to see if I was going to perform or not. Um, yeah, it was weird that I had so much respect for 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 Gus and um, for him to say that it did give me a massive confidence boost, but in the right way. Uh, and I think he, he, he knew everything. Gus knew how to push my buttons. I think in, in terms of how he treated me and uh, what he said to me, um, he, he knew I wasn't a player that um, wanted to arm round him and tell him you're the greatest. I, I, he knew that um, I reacted better with tough love and, and that's what he gave me. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it was the Real Madrid chat. I think it was a bit too far, but um, yeah, it's always nice to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you were one of the best players in the team at that point as well. So <laughs> it was, uh, we're all getting excited about the hype. Like, like, like yeah. I say, that there was the, the, the that was the start of this, the breakup of the squad, really, and lots of changes happening. Um, Gordon yeah. Greer told the Athletic in an article that a few players had their heads turned from that point and thinks that you might have been one of those people as well. So it's a good time to get this across in your own words, really. What was the yeah. situation like at the end of that season um, regarding your own future? You obviously made a transfer uh, request a bit later on. Yeah, I did. So obviously the point where I knew Gus was leaving, it was difficult to take, but I, I knew it was going to happen in football. Um, at the time, I had a few other clubs, not just Sunderland with Gus, interested in me. Um, not not one point did I want to leave the club, even though I knew I had a good relationship with Gus and where he was going. There wasn't a point that I wanted to leave the club. I was happy at the club. This is a club that I called home in terms of, like I said, my my my, my ch- youngest child was born there, and it was where I kind of kick-started my career and was in good form so I didn't really want to leave the club um, I was very much happy there but I, at the time I had other offers um, the club knew about this and they, they were back and forth with clubs um, turned down a lot of uh, offers from other clubs and were they all in me, the Premier League those clubs uh, yeah a few in the Premier League and uh, in the Championship at the time um, and all I wanted for, from the club at the time was um, just to be rewarded for uh, the time I'd, I had given to the club and what I wanted to do with the club. Um, the club still had the same ambition, regardless of Gus leaving the club. The club wanted to get to the Premier League and I wanted to be a massive part of that. But I just wanted to be rewarded. I wanted to uh, feel, not so much feel like I needed, but I knew the club wanted me there. But... They just didn't try it. I think they almost, because they knew they had so many good offers, they didn't really try. Um, they probably would say they did, but they didn't really try in terms of trying to keep me there. Mm-hmm. So, oh. yeah, so you, I mean, you do eventually get that move to Sunderland, though. Yeah. And when did you first hear that Gus was interested in you? Did he give you a ring at some point or a little text and say, would you like to come up? No, I remember Gus um, getting announced as the Sunderland manager. Um, not once did I think that that's me going to Sunderland. Um, I, at a point, I was still 
in discussions with the club of, in terms of trying to um, improve my contract at Brighton at the time, uh, extending the length of time I was going to be there. Um, and I remember my, my agent at the time uh, ringing me and saying, look, Gus is very much interested in taking you to Sunderland. And I was like, well, at the time I was happy. He knew I was happy. Um, and I spoke to the club and said, look, Sunderland, have Sunderland been in contact? They said, yes. Um, I said, what is the situation? We've said no. I said, okay, well, where are we at in terms of contract talks, in terms of my future at the club? And it kind of got brushed off. They was like, well, you're still under contract. Um, it is what it is for now. Um, and I didn't really like uh, the response in terms of that because knowing everything that I had done for the club previously, building up for it, um, it was kind of a, a slap in the face, really, kind of saying, well, you're under contract. You are where you are. Um, so that's how it kind of started to get with me in terms of I, we didn't have a clear future on terms of the management and where the club was going at the time and uh, with Oscar being there and and in terms of how the club were going to move forward um, so for me it was like they didn't want to reward me um, had a, a, another offer from Sunderland it was a chance for me to go and play in the Premier League um, and planned or a manager that um, I enjoyed being around. So for me, for me, it was a a chance to to go in and prove myself in the Premier League at the time. So yeah, that that was where the discussions kind of took place. And um, like you said, it wasn't until I had to actually hand in a transfer request to uh, to to get the move. Um, yeah, so it was done quite last minute, and it in a way it ended. Not the way that I wanted it to end because, like I said, I loved the club. Um, I still do. Um, but it was an opportunity for me to go and uh, prove myself in the Premier League and uh, realistically financially make my family's life a lot easier. Do you think then if you were given that new contract that you would have stayed? Would have I said to the club. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I said to the club, if if I'm not asking for the same amount of money that what that a Premier League club can give me. I know that. Uh, I'm not stupid. Um, but I want a better contract in terms of you said that we were going to discuss it. Um, so it, if you come to me with a better contract, I'm happy to stay. Um, and that was where we got to. Um, and they never really uh, kind of stood up to their end of the bargain, really. So, yeah, for me, it was a chance to go and play in the Premier League and... Um, more money really yeah that's interesting and and yeah no one would ever fault going out to the work in the, to go and play in the premier league um just yeah. before we move on to sunderland though just you were quoted at one point a few years down the line of saying you'd be open to a move back to brighton um i think it was something yeah. like 2016 maybe maybe it was around that time yeah. 2016 17 was that ever a possibility uh i don't think there was i think there was a few rumors um of me going back um, I think it was just after Gus left Sunderland um, and at the time I stopped playing um, and there was a few rumours and I think a journalist asked me if if I would go back and I said the same thing now is yes I would have because I loved the club um, and it would have been an easy transition going back to a club that I know and love. Mm. Um, so your time at Sunderland how do you look back at your time there? Um, a big club with some passionate fans. You were there till 2016. And, and what was the club like? Um, it's, it's turned into a bit of a mess since you've left. Since you've left. Yeah. Um, I wonder whether... You, we'll come back to that bit actually in a minute. Just first of all though, what was that step up to the Premier League like? Because obviously Sunderland was struggling uh, at parts of that yeah. season. Obviously. Yeah, so I remember signing... Um, it was just above the bottom three, I think it was at the time. And... Uh, I knew it was going to be a massive test, um, but I, but it was something that I was, I was willing to do and, and was looking forward to um, playing in the Premier League. Is, is what you dream as as a young boy. You always want to play at the highest level you can. Um, so yeah, I my first uh, few weeks at the club were, were a whirlwind. Um, played some 
really big games um, but, and performed really well. And yeah, and I was I was loving the 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 opportunity and and, and love of playing in the Premier League. It's what we wanted to do as as kids. Mm. Um, so you, you stayed there as well. You obviously re- being playing again with um, Gus was under Gus was great for you. I imagine. What was it like after he left again? So another experience in your career where Gus leaves. Dick Dick Advocate yeah. came in, did he? What, yeah, yeah. What was the situation like that? Um, then and obviously you're playing uh, it's, it's interesting because I remember saying speaking to Will about something very similar um, yeah. about that transition how did you find it? Yeah it was I, I think for me it was, it was a difficult period when I first went to Sunderland um, not many people know this that um, my wife was heavily pregnant at the time with our second child um, and I remember it was he uh, was born in that, the late season that I signed and he was actually born with a heart condition. So we didn't know he actually had a heart condition until he was born. So we spent roughly, so I missed roughly around about a month of the season um, because of him being in hospital. Um, and that kind of affected my, because I missed so much of training and I was spending most of my days in the hospital, not eating right, not sleeping right, obviously uh trying to, to to come to terms with everything that was happening off the pitch. So when I went back into training, I just didn't feel right. Um, and it kind of knocked me. And then at that period, not long after that, um, uh, Gus had left. And, and so I had to deal with a lot off the pitch as well as on the pitch um, in terms of new management coming in. Um, and because I missed a, a massive chunk of, uh, of, of, the end of that season, the new manager coming in didn't really know a lot about me. Um, obviously, coming from abroad, but it was it was difficult. I did. It, it was it's it's always difficult when you go through management. So you kind of start from square one again, or they have a certain opinion of players, or they kind of want to do things their way and bring new players in. So for me, when when Gus left, that was when uh, everything kind of started to fall apart for me at Sunderland. Um, in terms of having new management and in terms of where the club was at. Um, the club's always been a mess. There's not anything. I think everyone says it's a mess now, but it's been a mess from day one. Um, but in terms of of, of the transition of, uh, of managers was, was tough. It was a tough period for me because I was dealing with a lot off the pitch as well as yeah. on the pitch. I imagine it was because of that. I mean, you know, no parent would want to go through a situation like, like that. Um, yeah. But having, I guess you, you it wasn't just Gus, I guess you, you would be, you would have been able to talk to Gus and Richard Tarika and Charlie Oatway. And there's all those people that you know so well that I guess you kind of had much more leeway and, and understanding because they knew you so yeah. well. And I, yeah, I imagine it, that was quite difficult then to lose that. Yeah, it was. It was um, in terms of Gus, he was brilliant when when my son was born, and he said, "Look, family come first. Go and do what you need to do." Um, but like you said, in terms of, I, I didn't have like that. I could go and talk to Gus and say, "Look, oh, I don't know. Um, I've had a tough week at home," and he would understand that. And not in terms of he'd let me off with a lot, but he would understand that family come first and things like this happen in life. Um, but I didn't have that, that kind of, I, could, I couldn't overstep the boundaries with a new manager. I couldn't just go in and lay everything on a plate with him um, in terms of that. And I, I don't know, I don't know if the, I think the club were aware of it, but didn't really show uh, that they were aware of it in, in, in terms of that. But, and I didn't really want people to be aware of it. I just wanted to get on with with my football and 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 start enjoying it again. Um, but yeah, it was difficult because if Gus was there for a longer period, I think I got I would have got over the stage of everything else, what was going off the pitch, mm. and then my football would have would have been back on track. Yeah. Um, do you look back at your time at Sunderland then with much fondness? Um, and you you say it's always been a bit of a mess since, from what you can see anyway. Why? What was it about it that felt like that? Um, I don't know. It was difficult. I've had this previous conversation with someone else in terms of, in terms of facilities, travel, hotels. Everything was top class. Um, mm. We've got the best of the best. Um, but in terms of, I don't know. I don't know. The 
when I was there, a lot of the players were there for the money, not actually to actually enjoy, like in terms of wanting to work properly. We had a lot of uh, bad characters in the group. Um, a lot of them were just there to get paid and and, and tick a box, really. Uh, and, and in terms of the club, I can't really say a lot without getting in trouble, but um, just had the wrong people running the club, um, had the wrong people in charge. People were taking advantage of potentially the owner in terms of finances and things like that. And it, it was just a mess. Um, and when, when, when a club has things like that going on above the, the manager and players, it kind of had a knock-on effect because it affects the manager to a certain point. And then that leaks down into the players. Yeah. Um, so just moving on to some of your other clubs, just want to touch on some of your other ones as well before we sort of get to the, you picking your five-a-side team. Um, yeah. With respect, you, <laughs> you, chose, you chose to go to quite a few other unstable clubs um, after that in terms of Leeds yeah. going through lots, you know, you were at the point where there was lots of changes going on, yeah. um, lots of managers. Uh, Nottingham yeah. Forest only just come out of a bit of a, a, an ownership situation, yeah. I think, which was a bit messy as well. When a manager seemed to get sacked every few weeks. Yeah, well, yeah. So <laughs> when I when I signed at, at Leeds, the Leeds one was Leeds is a massive club. Um, yeah. I've known that everyone knows that it's a massive club, and it was a chance to go for and play for a, bit, a big club. And it was a bit of a mess in terms of ownership and sacking managers. But when I signed there. Um, Gary Monk was the manager, and I kind of felt like it was a stay. It was stable in terms of the manager was going to be there for a while. Um, well, while well, I say a while, he was only there a year, but he was the longest serving manager in like five or six years, so um, yeah. Uh, so you ended yeah, up being a, captain a, there as well, uh, didn't you? You're a captain, were you captain? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah, yeah, I did, yeah, I did. So it was uh, another massive achievement for me to be a captain of a, such a big club. Um, and there's another club I really enjoyed. I can't fault my time there. Um, it was it was brilliant. The fans were some of the best I've ever come across. Um, and I enjoyed, enjoyed every day being there. What about your time at Forest? How did you look back at that, that time as well? Uh, well, the first... Probably six months at the club was brilliant. Mark Warburton, um, very good, very nice man, very good uh, coach, enjoyed training. Uh, but in terms of, again, the club was a mess. Owners, I don't know how to explain, it's just crazy. It's, it's embarrassing that people like him could be a part of football um, with some of the things he would do in the club uh, and say to people and, and how he would treat people. Um, yeah. So after Mark uh, went, it kind of, the wheels kind of fell off again for me. Um, playing every game under Mark Wolverton. Um, Karanka comes in, uh, get injured just after he comes in. And then all of a sudden he spits his dummy out <laughs> Because the team didn't perform and said he wants eleven new players, so it was, and that was the the method of the club. If if the manager said he wanted eleven new players, the club would give it him and hold him to ransom for it because he'd only get four or five games and then sack him. So it was yeah. a bit of a, a mixed one. So yeah, I mean the Forest owner obviously has a a bit of a reputation. Um, yeah. For a minute, well, it probably won't go into them just uh, to avoid any kind of trouble <laughs> um, going further down the line. Um, but then, I mean, see, the other thing is as well, though, that whilst you're at Forest, you then go to Bolton during, yeah. during, some, during some of their worst times. Is Will Buckley there at that point as well? I imagine. So Will was actually, yeah, Will, Will had been there for a while. Um, so I went there on a, on a, a loan just to get games um, at the time, wasn't playing at Forest. And they were just being difficult um, in terms of when I went wanted to go on loan and could have had a chance to go on loan in, in the championship. They actually said I couldn't go anywhere in, in England. Um, I had to leave the country. So this is the kind of club that I was dealing with. Um, they were trying to force me out of the country to play football. Um, so the Bolton thing come around, it was just last 
dare to win though. Um, for me, it, it could have been anyone. I would have went. I just wanted to play football. Um, but again, another club that had been in a massive mess. Um, but before I signed, a new ownership had come in. Um, it was try- kind of getting on on the right path. But I enjoyed my time at Bolton um, with Keith Hill. Um, a bit of a crazy character. Um, yeah, but that was another a period that I had a chance to play with Bucks again. Yeah, just about Forrest. I mean, Chris Hewton's there now and he's building a bit of a, yeah. a mini Brighton promotion squad again in the fact that he's yeah. got uh, Gaetan Bong and Glenn Murray and Anthony Knockout there. Um, yeah. It feels like, it feels like you're, you'd be one of the sort of players that would fit right in with Chris Hewton. Do you wonder how it might have gone differently if that had happened earlier? Yeah, I, I wonder... I, I don't know in terms of the club, in terms of... it. There was a lot of discussion on my contract, but I actually wish that when Gus left, I had a chance to work with Chris. Um, I would have... If he was the, the first manager in the door after Gus... I think, um, yeah, it, it could have been different. Um, we, we never know with football, but from in terms of when the lads were there and I still speak to them and say, when they was with Chris and speak to them, they all were singing his praises and and were definitely on board with him. Um, you see, he's very, seems like a very likeable man, um, very, very good in the press. And he's proven that he's a top manager. He, like his success in football has been brilliant. Just very quickly, I want to touch on Scotland as well. How's that opportunity yeah. come about to play for them? And, and getting that first experience of playing international football, what was that like? Uh, brilliant. Uh, like I said, as a kid, always want to play at the highest level. Um, international is one of them. Um, so I got a chance to play in a World Cup qualifier. Um, and that kind of like was the icing on the cake for me in terms of when I was at Brighton and the period that I was at uh, in terms of um, my performances and and so, had a, such a good season, and then and again rewarded with with a chance to go and play for Scotland. Mm. So it, you, it was brilliant. Do you think you do you sort of have any ambitions of getting back into the squad again one day? Not now, no, no, no. Um, you're, no, not, you're no. not. You're not an old player, Liam. I'm, I'm not, but uh, I enjoy my family time in okay. terms of. International breaks. I just like having downtime with, with with the kids and my wife. Um, I think I do enough traveling through the year and enough. Uh, I don't know. I've been enough at football. Um, not that it's, it's something that I, would, I would like to do, but I just enjoy my family time now. And mm. um, not that I'm getting older or anything. I just I need that break. I think I know my body. I think international games would be one too many for me mm. and then back to Lincoln now do you just sort of feel that you're quite after moving around a bit over those last few years do you sort of feel like you're quite settled now in terms of your family where you live the, the feeling of the club you speak very highly about it you're clearly very excited about the project that's going on there yeah definitely I think over the last probably since I left Leeds um I kind of even when I was at Sunderland a little bit I kind of lost that spark in terms of football. Um, don't get me wrong, I still loved it, but I just didn't have that enjoyment. Um, and I think being here at Lincoln now, in terms of the manager and the what we're trying to do, I think every club that I've been at, pre, other than uh, Brighton, oh, in terms of like Leeds was good, but everywhere where I've been at the minute, it's middle of the road in terms of they're happy to be where they are. They're just ticking a box and moving on, which for me, I didn't. I don't want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of a team what's fighting for promotion and 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 trying to be successful. Um, and so for me, coming here to Lincoln now and seeing their project, what they're trying to build, like I said, very much reminds me of Brighton in terms of what they were trying to achieve and what they have achieved. Um, so yeah, so it's exciting. Um, kind of got my. My, my kind of spark back for for the game um and yeah like, like i said I'm, I'm i'm enjoying my my football i'm happy um on and off the field family settled um and it's a another chance to go and 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 i don't know write a new chapter in my career
Cool. Um, in every podcast, I ask my guests to pick a five-a-side team from players that you played yeah. with throughout your career. So you don't need to pick them all from Brighton um, or okay. any, if you don't. And, and, and if you want, you okay. don't need to have a a goalie. You, okay. rush, you can play rush goalie if you, if if that's a sticking point for you. So who would you? Yeah, go with? I, I would leave. I would leave it without the goalkeeper because okay, because uh, it could cause a few arguments with a few of them. <laughs> okay, so who are you going to go for? Um, I'll go for Wayne Bridge, mm-hmm. uh, Bruno. Uh, I'll go for Jermaine Defoe, mm-hmm. uh, Brennan Johnson, and this the last one is going to be tricky. <laughs> Did uh, you have a goalie in there originally? Nah, I just want to leave. I, no one, no one cares about keepers. <laughs> They're not they're not footballers anyway. Just, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, I'll go with I don't know five sides. It's got to be Lawal then. Yeah. yeah, that's a yeah. good team. I like that team. Yeah, but yeah, a really good, good team. team. Um, right, and if you could pick one game to watch back on match of the day from your time at Brighton, what would you choose? It could be any game. It doesn't matter what it, in what league. Any any league, just as long this one from your time at Brighton. The night that we got promoted. Uh, I actually scored that game, so yeah, definitely. I, I, I can't remember. Was it? Uh, I can't remember the t- who we played against. That's how old I'm getting. Forgetting so the Doncaster things, one. Uh, it was yeah. There we go, Doncaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that one. That was uh, definitely in one of my highlights. Cool. Um, and then sort of a quick fire type round now. First off, if you could change one thing about football, so um, that could be anything. It could be a rule. It could be something sort of behavioural that young players have or something like that. What might it be? Yeah. VAR at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely get rid of that. Yeah. Well, about that then, if rather than sort of maybe debating whether it should stay or not, because it feels like it's going to stay, doesn't it? It doesn't feel yeah, like it's going anywhere. It do, you know what, do you know what it is? They should just have the people look over the games in terms of what's sitting, I don't know, in a box and then like they go through the video footage. Just, you should get X players. That should be a, a role for an X player in terms of, they understand the game a lot more in, in terms of tackles and the way the ball moves and things like that. It's, just give it to X players. It'll be a lot quicker. They'll come to a decision a lot quicker. Um, but the, the, the new one for me is the offside one and the handballs. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know, it's just, just you, there's no consistency with it. If you get it and it's consistently and you go, well, you don't agree with it, but at least they're consistent. But each week mm. it changes. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, yeah. Yeah, not a massive fan. Myself. No. Uh, um, <laughs> if you could play other, any other sport professionally, what would it be? Uh, tennis. Ten, tennis, yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah. And what about if you hadn't made it a footballer, what other interests do you have? And if just pretend you have all the talent in the world to do something. All the talent in the world. I don't know, I'd be a singer or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Travel the world. Yeah. Get to all right. party. So there we go. Yeah. Traveling the world is a similar kind of thing for the tennis player. Maybe not so much the party. Yeah, but, that's why yeah. I probably like it. Yeah. 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 That's when my daughter was born, I was like, for future international tennis player. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I said with my kids, golf or tennis. <laughs> um, what, attribute, yeah, what attribute from another player do you really wish you had, past or present? Zidane, skill. Um, very silky, flary player. Um, unbelievable on the ball, good passer. He had everything, so yeah, Zidane. Yeah, cool. And a quick one about your former teammates at Brighton, so taking you back a bit. Who had the worst music yeah. taste? I don't know. I think Adam Alab used to take the brunt of everything. In terms of worse dress, worse, I don't know, banter, worse music, everything. So I'll go with probably Adam Alab. Okay. Who's the funniest? Probably won't like that. The funniest? Mm. Or there's a few. Um, I don't know. We had quite a few jokers in the, the team at the time. Craig Noon, mm-hmm. uh, Ashley Barnes, even the Wailawa. Um, his laugh was infectious. Every time he used to laugh, it used to just kill me. I used to, I used to actually room with Lawalawa. Um he's he was one of the worst roommates you could ever have. Mm. He was, yeah, but he was he was funny. So uh who would be most likely in that team to win a general knowledge quiz? Craig McCall Smith. Very intelligent. Very intelligent. Craig is. Uh and who's the most trustworthy? Well, who's got your back? Who's got my back? I think Gordon Greer. 
I don't know, but everyone would tell you this in terms of Gordon. He was a, he was a very angry man in terms <laughs> of on the pitch, but off the pitch, he would, uh, he was brilliant. Um, yeah. One of the best captains I've ever come across, um, and nicest people as well. Yeah, he's got one of those sort of soft Scottish accents, hasn't he? Which is yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Sad. But on the pitch, it, <laughs> it wasn't like that on the pitch. The amount of arguments me and Gordon used to have at one stage on the pitch, but. He um, said, actually, in that same article I mentioned earlier on, that in terms of being more vocal on the pitch, it was one of the things that he kept on drilling into you yeah, at, from an early age. Is that, yeah, is that something that's stayed with you as well? Because yeah, being that vocal is, not, is actually sort of going out the game, isn't it? Especially we can sort of, we can realise that now that we can't, there's no crowds there. Everyone's sort of getting to the point. Yeah. It can be really quiet. It is, yeah. Um, Gordon, I remember uh, every game, it, non-stop talking to me. Um, sometimes he didn't even shout words it was just noises that he'd just grunt um, but he was always constantly talking that was why I enjoyed him as a captain he was constantly talking throughout the game um, he helped my game in, in terms of he wanted me to be his, like, I was quite a vocal player but he wanted to more from me um, and yeah and that stuck with me so that's why I respect Gordon as, as a player he was such a good player um, it was a shame that he didn't have the success he had a little bit earlier in his career. I think he could have easily played as a regular in the Premier League. And um, and he was a brilliant captain. He was one of the best captains I'd come across. Um, he was always willing to help lads on and off the pitch. He was constantly talking uh, through games. And we'd sit down after games and he'd have discussions with lads. And yeah, so I learned a lot from Gordon. And finally, do you have a message for the Brighton fans? Um, yeah, I'll just say thank you for the support that they gave me when I was there. Um, I loved every minute of being there. Um, yeah, and, and, and good luck for the future. Yeah. Liam, it's been great having you on to hear about your memories uh, throughout your career so far. And uh, best of luck this season with that promotion challenge. Uh, we really hope you. you get promoted. Thanks so much to Liam for joining me on the podcast this week. That's about it for this episode. Join me again next week for our fortnightly panel show. Thanks for listening.